Welcome to the Soul Liberated Life Podcast, where you come to activate the remembrance of who you are, unlock the gifts you're here to offer, and unleash the co-creative experience you're here to love through. I'm your host, Jody Rodenbaugh, sharing deep wisdom and life intelligence through my life and death experiences, and through my gifts in liberating and expanding powerful soul-led leaders and your lineage. Every episode holds timeless wisdom and potent messages to call your soul back home and into her wildest dreams and deepest desires. Just strap on your headphones, breathe into your heart, expand your mind. Let's go. Here's what we're talking about. We talked about building the foundation. I gave you the foundation of what we're doing here with this whole awakening method, the rapid awakening method, RAP, <laughs> or RAM is what it is. Rapid, rapid awakening program is what you are doing here. The rapid awaken method is what I'm sharing with you over these five days. So RAM, remember, I talked about like, this, our human, is like a computer system. And just like a computer system that has RAM, random access memory, so does this computer system. And we have all of these memories that are packed away in our cellular memory, hidden from plain sight. We don't even know that they're there a lot of the times. I cannot tell you how many times people come into work with me and they're like, I didn't even know that was there. People that, I kid you not, forgot they were gay. People that forgot that they were sexually molested by their brother for 13 years until they left for college. Kid you not. And people think, well, how do they forget these things? Like, how do you forget that? Because we are really good as humans at suppressing what is too traumatic for us to process at the time. And right now with COVID and all of the things, all of the things, we're dealing with collective trauma. And as a society, we don't know how to process trauma. We don't know how to grieve. We don't know how to go through loss and process the emotional aspects of this. The deep cellular memory of trauma. And so some of us are not in danger anymore. But our cells still remember. They remember that grandpa was in the war. They remember from your body remembers. Your body remembers these things like. In my example, my grandpa was orphaned at 10 years old. My youngest daughter is 11 right now. So my grandpa was orphaned at 10 years old and he was sent to the United States from Croatia, Yugoslavia, European country, to the United States, to a little bitty community called Strawberry Hill. Strawberry Hill, where they had in the Catholic Church an orphanage. 
And because my grandfather's parents were connected to the Catholic Church, there's a whole community of Croatians that live in this one little tiny community on the top of this hill, right in the heart of America in Kansas City, Kansas. 10 years old, an immigrant, orphaned. This is running in my DNA. I told you that there is a science of epigenetics and what we know now to keep it really basic and elementary, I was an elementary school teacher. I taught inner city children, not just the basics of math and science, although I love to do that too. At the end of my career, I taught teachers to be better teachers in math and science and areas of STEM. But you know, here's the deal. I'm going to keep it really basic because that's what we need right now. We need it basic. So I'm going to bring it pretty basic to you as basic as I can when we're talking about things like quantum physics and epigenetics. Okay. So we have this layer that runs over the top of our DNA. And as you know, from basic science, we are made of mostly water. Our emotions hold a magnetic frequency. Our thoughts hold an electronic fre frequency. So our thoughts bring in attraction through an electric field and our emotions bring in attraction through the magnetic field. The magnetic field of attraction and that's where we manifest or how we manifest through our emotional coding. Now, because we are a traumatized society and we are traumatized humans, we have this running substance in our body that is trauma. It is traumatized. And so when we're going through these changes like we're doing right now, all of these unresolved traumas, these things that have been hidden and have always been here since the beginning of time, none of this is new. None of this is new. But it's all coming up because as a collective, we've asked for these things to help us evolve, to help us grow, to help us change. Because we've become a stagnant society. And if we're not watching, if we're not aware, if we're not awake, we are going to be like robots, literally. So we're, we're going, we're working on this whole system upgrade. <clears throat> and what's happening is we don't feel safe within our own bodies because of all this stuff that actually needs to be transmuted, healed, recycled, upcycled. So what we're doing today, what I'm talking, talking to you today about is your blueprint, your blueprint, trying to adjust here. We all have this coding inside of us. It's like a blueprint. My blueprint is different than your blueprint. It's like building a house. So remember, we're building this home. My husband and I are real estate investors, so we love to talk. 
real estate. We love to talk houses. We love to talk in those kind of, kind of things and it really fits. So if you think about the foundation, the foundation is your human self, your body. And what is made up is your blueprint. And you came into this life, remember, as pure potentiality. You came into this life as a pure light being, a beautiful, loving baby into life itself and into a family. Not that the family was bad and wrong, but we had to calibrate down in order to match where those humans were. And so we have gotten really used to calibrating ourselves down, dimming our light, lowering our standards for life itself because it feels primal. It feels like if we grow and we outgrow our humans, we might die. Because as a baby, if our needs weren't met of love, safety, and security, where we didn't feel like we belonged, where we didn't feel like we mattered, and even if we did, as a global society, we know more now than ever. I've been teaching this stuff since 2010, 2011. And I study it every single day. Some people are just not ready. They're not ready to get out of their comfort zone. They're not ready to grow. So things like this happen because you have a choice every single day. You have a choice every single day to either make a change, to step into a zone, I'm gonna tell you about today, that is really freaking uncomfortable. But if we don't get uncomfortable, we are not evolving as a human. We are not growing as a human. We are not expanding and truly experiencing the reason why we came here into this very lifetime, into this very body. And when you have lost it all, if you know that you're, you're gonna be okay, no matter what, if you can hold on to the idea that you're gonna be okay no matter what, there's nothing you can't do. Absolutely nothing you can't do. But there are three realms that people play in with life. Three realms. And your blueprint, what you have, it's sort of like this map. So when you think about a blueprint when you're building a home, it's a map. It's a map that describes in this particular modality what the building in four dimension is going to look like. You're going, 
when I built my first home, I designed it from little bitty tiny graph paper. It took me three years to design my home. I call this visioneering, okay? Visioneering is the process of engineering your life. You have to have a vision. And some of the things that are going on in our world right now, our freedom is at stake. Our ability to have the vision is at stake because where there is fear, there is no vision because we have to feel safe in order to be in a visionary aspect. So we have this realm in the blueprint that is the predictable. These are goals that you make, things that you do in life, decisions that you make are in one of these three realms. Predictable, possible, and potential. Predictable, possible, and potential. So I'm going to break these down, okay? So predictable would be like, you know, you, it is what it is. You're building your life based in what you've always done, based in what has previously been done, based in your history, based in the past. This is just how we do things. This is how we've always done things. This is just how we do things. Predictable goals are goals that don't stretch you. It's just predictable. They're based in need, not in desire, not in want. There's a lot of contraction that happens in predictable goals. Predictable goals are just like lateral moves. They don't really stretch you into a discomfort zone. Predictable goals also are pretty primal. And they're primal because we are still living in the past if we're not evolving and doing something new. So I'm going to tell you how I came about all of this stuff. So all my life, Well, not all my life. My younger life, I lived in this world of potentiality. I lived in this world and I want, I'm going to go through my timeline because I want you to kind of look at your own personal history. I want you to look at your own timeline and see how it might relate to you. Because remember as children, between the ages of two and six, you should have gone through a soul integration process where you're back into this pure potentiality of desire, okay? Where you integrate your thinking brain and your heart and raise the vibration into the whoa, wow kind of world, which I'm going to tell you about, okay? So when I was young, I would always ask, like, I'd get these downloads, like, why are we here? What is all of this? Like, really? Have you ever thought that deep where you're like, what is life itself? Like, why are we even alive? 
And I was thinking about this when I was very young. And when I was five years old, I had just turned five years old. My mom was 25 and she was planting flowers in my grandma's backyard. And my grandma came out on her back porch that was two stories high and she leaned over the railing and fell. And she fell to her death. My mom watching, who was the youngest girl of nine children, now that I know what I know, took on a deep sense of grief and responsibility for all of that. She didn't die instantly. They had to make a decision to take her off of the machines and all of that. So in my little human self, I was five years old, my sister was two, and my mom, who was not so emotionally intelligent, pretty much lost her life too. My mom didn't understand how to grieve. She was 18 years old when her father died of cirrhosis of the liver. And yes, that was at his hand because he was an alcoholic. So at 18, my mom lost her father, passed away. She marries my dad right away, like literally right away. So boom, boom. And by 25, she has two children and now both of her parents are passed away. Nobody taught this woman to grieve. She thought all she had to do was to give it to God and that was it. Nobody taught her how to grieve in her human body. Now, my story goes way back to when I was born, but I thought I'd start there. Because remember I said, when you're born, you're born of pure potential, you're born of pure light. And my mom had postpartum depression. She called it baby blues. Baby blues as if it's the baby's, the baby caused that? The baby caused these baby blues? What is this? On an energetic level, the reason why so many women have postpartum depression is because nobody has taught them how to work through the grieving process. And it literally feels like because they don't know how to integrate and they lose themselves, they lose their soul. They don't know that they can, how they can withstand this light. The, the light of this child is so much. Like how can I possibly, how can I possibly? Now that would be if they were actually, if people were actually thinking through that, but you don't have a thinking brain. You think you have a thinking brain when you're in the predictable, but you don't have a thinking brain. When you have gone through trauma, when you've gone through things that you should have grieved through, we are operating from a primal part of our brain and body. And we accidentally get stuck there. And when we get stuck there, we 
feel as if we don't belong. Like this doesn't belong to me. The day before my father passed away, which was 2015, which was pretty sudden. Ironically, he died of cirrhosis of the liver. You guys, we're repeating patterns all over the place. Repeating patterns all over the place. The more we can see these patterns, the more we can see the geometry in these patterns, the more we can lay this shit out on the table and examine it without the emotion, without taking on this sense of victimization. Like my parents were the absolute best parents that they could possibly be with the things that they knew at the very time that they knew them. I, I am the best possible parent that I could possibly be with the amount of information and knowledge and wisdom that I have at the time. Do I make mistakes? Absolutely. But our children are here for us. Our children are here to help us heal the things that we have not healed. Because every relationship that you have is just a simple mirror to yourself, to the things that you need to clean up. So many patterns. So ironically, what happens on your timeline, what happened with your parents or did not happen, because you either have had trauma or you were deprived of a, an emotional experience. You were deprived of really understanding how to process through your emotions, how to process through these things that were really big at the time, but might be really small when we look at it. So we repeat the patterns that we didn't heal. So my father ironically passes away of cirrhosis of the liver, the very disease that my grandfather died from. Only my dad didn't drink. He was not a drinker. But he used drugs. And somewhere along the way, he contracted hepatitis C, which caused the cirrhosis of the liver. And the moment we found out that he had liver cancer, he took a step that was supposed to take care of it and that step actually killed him. The day before he died, he tells me that my mother, because she had postpartum depression, passed out. They used to give them, I was born in 1972, they used to give women horse tranquilizers. She passed out basically overdosing on the medication that the doctor gave her. And when he got home, I was crying. I didn't have my mother. When he told me, it was as if, oh my gosh, it totally makes sense now. My whole life I've been looking for my mother. She hasn't been home. She hasn't been home. And we accidentally carry these traditions out because they're in our coding, they're in our blueprint. So I decided 
because I'm a transitional character in my family and I'm here for more. Life, the goal of life, you guys, is more. You are here to experience more. You are here to experience everything that comes into your awareness, everything that you deeply desire. Someone has told you that that is greedy. Someone has told you that our world is not an abundant world, that our world lacks, and that if you, if you actually step into your desires, you're taking away from somebody else. The person who told you didn't know what we now know. I could say they were lying, but I like to say we accidentally screwed people up. <laughs> we're accidentally doing this to each other. But there are some people in our world who are not nice people who act like they're nice people. Let me tell you something about nice. Nice is manipulation. I am more afraid of people that are nice than I am of people that are assholes because at least the assholes show who they are. Nice is manipulative. Nice is how Jeffrey Dahmer got 17 or 27 men and boys down into his basement, lured them. Now we have Jeffrey Epstein. All of these people that are coming out of the woodwork. Churches. I cannot tell you how many people come to me who have been in church trauma. <laughs> Never said church trauma before, but that's what it is. Whenever there is somebody in a system who believes that they are superior to another person, like I am not your God, I am not your guru. Do not put me on a pedestal, no matter how much I do for you, no matter how much you love me, no matter how much I've changed your life, because you do it. I'm just guiding here, you here. I'm not, never gonna take the responsibility for you because that is enslavement. That is somebody believing that you are worthless without them. That you can't handle life without them. All of the things that are going on right now, like just, just really think about, just really think about it. Like, I don't feel sorry for people that come to me and I'm gonna tell you something, that no matter how much I've been through, and I haven't even told you what has brought me all this information. <laughs> no matter how much I've been through, I have clients who have literally lived through hell. Things that I'm shocked that people survive. Now, other people looking in at my life, they're going to say the same thing about me. Like, how did you do it, Jody? Because here's the thing. Here's how I came into all this information. I was 36 years old <clears throat> at the top of my game. Living in that home that I designed from graph paper. Visioneering. Visioneering. Engineering the new blueprint. My husband and I. We 
had possible goals, meaning we stretched ourselves into this discomfort zone. We were people that broke away from the way our family has always done things. We were transitional characters. We had things in our lives that most of our friends didn't have at our age. At the top of our game, everything going with it for us. I have a five-year-old, a two-year-old, and I was 15 weeks pregnant with our third. And my husband went in for routine rotator cuff surgery and he was accidentally killed with anesthesia. And I say it that way because that is the truth. His name was Thor. And that man, and I'm gonna get emotional right now because we're coming upon 12 years. And I, I literally would not be here. I literally would not know the information that I know if that man didn't live. And when I say that man, if that man didn't live, he lived. We're here to live. You will see me cry. <laughs> Because when we don't, we suppress it. If you have a problem crying, it's because you have held it down. You have held it down for so long. Because somebody told you to stop it. You are here to live. You are here to experience the variety of emotions. You are here to sling fear over your shoulder like a Louis Vuitton bag and walk with it across the bridge into unknown territory. Fear doesn't go away. Fear does not go away. You just gain absolute power over fear when you know how to work it. So people say to me, how did you do it? I was a solo mama for six years. Even I didn't know how I did it. And you wonder, how am I going to do it? How, 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 how am I going to do it? How am I going to do it? Well, how, how you're going to wonder how to do it until you're standing in it, wondering how you did it until you're standing across that bridge into potentiality. You're standing on that other side of the bridge of everything that you desire. And you're gonna look back in hindsight and you're gonna wonder how the hell did I do it? It's not your business. <laughs> we don't know. We just be who we came to be and take the actions that are inspired in front of us. You don't gain courage and then walk across the bridge. You walk and on your way there, you gain the strength and the courage and the bravery. You walk, you get up and walk. Now I told you 
No, I didn't. <laughs> there were times that I couldn't make my own toast after he died. I literally needed help making my own toast and I have two children to raise. But there are people in this life, the humans in this life, that when you trust yourself and when you let down these things that are causing you to have resistance to help, like I did, <laughs> they're angels walking around this earth and sometimes they look like assholes because they get shit done. When we are in the predictable realm, the predictable realm is not bad. We, we've gotten things a little bit wrong in the spiritual world. There is this concept of the 3D realm, the 4D realm, the 5D realm. You can attach the predictable to the 3D realm. You can attach the possible to a 4D realm. And you can attach the potential to the 5D realm. Okay? So if you think in those terms, if you've been following those terms, that's, that's where we are. Now, none of those levels is an end zone. We are humans living in a human body. We need to play in all three fields. We need to play in all three realms. If you're only playing in 5D, you are not playing in the human realm. Manifestation is the 4D realm. Manifestation is the possible. Manifestation is about walking across the bridge, but you're doing something. People say, oh, I just manifested it. Yes, but you were someone different and you did something different because we don't manifest without being something different and doing something different. So the 3D realm, this predictable realm, we have a lot of trauma in this human body. A year ago, I was released from having Lyme disease. I was diagnosed with it in 2017, the end of 2017. My realm that I live in the people that I love to partner with are people who didn't just learn something in a book, who don't just have a degree or, certif or a certificate. <laughs> I love saying that word, certificate. But they have an experience, okay? They've shown that they've climbed out of the shit. So when I find 
that I have, actually I was diagnosed with Hashimoto first. And then why am I still having these things going on? And dig a little bit deeper and we found Lyme disease. I partner with kind of doctors who know what I'm talking about, who don't think I'm crazy because they've been there too. And my doctor said, it's gonna take you about two years. It's gonna take us about two years to get all of this out of your body. I move fast when I move fast. I have shit to do here. I don't have time for Lyme disease. What in the holy hell is this? Let's get it taken care of. So I <laughs> cleaned it out and it took me a year. I don't go to the kind of doctors who say, oh, you know, it just is what it is. Yeah, you have Lyme disease, it's just gonna be in you all along. Yeah, it's just a death sentence. Yeah, you, you know, you got cancer, it's just, it's always, you know, it's, it is what it is. No, I go to doctors who realm in at least the possibility who believe that all of this stuff we can reverse. So it took me a year. But through that year, you guys, and I was, I was working in a freaking amazing, miracle kind of world. So this, this middle of the road, this possible road where we're crossing a bridge into the unknown, this is a road where magic happens. This is a road where we start to co-create with the universe. This is a road where we bring in our, our mind and our heart and we integrate that in together and we start to have these desires. We're here for more life. So we walk across the bridge. You can't experience more life without walking across a bridge that is unfreaking comfortable. Uncomfortable. But if you are still in a place in your life where you're still walking on your hands and knees, like I was after my husband died, or like I was when I was going through all the Lyme stuff, I was still running my business, but my business had to be ran by me taking care of my body first. Like this home had to come first. So I played a lot in the realm of predictable. But because I'm me, <laughs> I still played in possibility. I still highly invested in myself and my business. Here's what I believe. It's, it's like, to me, it's not something we've contracted. It's not something we've done. It's something that has been in us that's rising up to the surface, just like anything. It will piss some people off, but guess what? It's okay. I might trigger you. Good. Stick around. You'll get untriggered if you work through the process. If you trust that I am delivering some truth here that I'm not manipulating or trying to piss you off. I don't, I, I don't 
like the things that I've been through and my clients, my clients have been through, oh my, like things that you can't even really use the words for. Yet I don't feel sorry for them. I don't feel sorry for people. And I definitely don't feel sorry for people who are, you know, like there's such a thing right now that's going on in our world that we should feel sorry for people. Like that we, we on some level don't believe that they have what it takes because they have a certain label because they have a disability, because they are gay, because they are black, because what they've been raped. These are not disabilities. These are genius things inside of these people that when we believe in them and their genius, they will freaking rise to the occasion. When we believe that because A, B, C, and D that they can't, we're doing a disservice. We're doing a disservice. When you stay in a predictable realm, you are not leading. You're not a leader. You're a follower. And it's okay if that's where you choose to be, because there's a lot of people, a lot of people in my family <laughs> that choose to be there. They choose to be there. Hey, beauty. I hope you enjoyed today's transmission. If you found this valuable, we would love to know by giving us your rating and review. And of course, by sharing the good word with your people. To get closer access to me, come on over to IG at Jody Rodenball and search Soul Liberated Life on Facebook to enter our complimentary Facebook group. If you'd like to know how to partner with me for your liberation and deeper ways you can learn from me, just send me a DM on the IG or FB. I'd love to hear from you. Until the next episode, remember, there's magic to be unleashed inside of you and miracles beyond your wildest dreams ready for you to answer your call. You coming?